1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got a pretty dang good hunting story for you. Something I haven't done yet has been chasing after mule deer with a bow, and it's something I want to do and hopefully going to be doing this next year. And who are we going to be getting on to tell us a good mule deer archery story? Well, we're going to be getting on Mr. Eric Van Workham, a.k.a. Muley Freak, to talk about a stud that he killed this past fall, and that stud's name is Tron, and you can actually see it on a recent YouTube video that they've done on this buck. And so we're going to talk to him about this story. We're going to find out how it went down, the trials, tribulations, what he did, how he did it, the approach, all that good stuff. And we're just going to talk and have a good hunting story for y'all. And so I'm not going to get into that too much more. But if you haven't yet, rate, review the podcast for us. It really helps us out, and I greatly appreciate it. And make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded, free, pro, and upgrade to unlock all the features to pro whitetail. So I'm going to quit talking and let's get right to it with Mr. Muley Freak on his big buck, Tron. Let's roll. All right, man. Well, Eric, dude, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Love uh, love getting you on here. Last time we talked with you, we learned a little bit about mule deer hunting. Obviously, it's what you do, a.k.a. the name. And, right. uh But today, we're specifically here to talk about a pretty special buck that you killed this past fall. But before we do that, just kind of give the listeners a quick little DL of yourself before we get into it, man. Yeah, Eric Van Workham, uh, Muley Freak Eric on Instagram. Uh, we have brand Muley underscore Freak. Uh, where we film and, and produce outdoor products. Uh, we, Mule Deer's our jam. Located here, right in the heart of Ogden, Utah. Born and raised, live a few other different places. But yeah, we're, you know, Mule Deer's pretty unique to us. Like, yeah. Utah doesn't have another species of Mule Deer. One of the few states that only have Mule Deer. So we didn't grow up knowing whitetail. We didn't we didn't know Coos Deer growing up. Like, as far as we knew, Mule Deer's the only thing that existed. So. Yeah. Um, it just was our passion from the very beginning. So we love backcountry hunting, uh, high country hunting, especially, and we love doing it with a bow. So dude, that was down and dirty. Love it, dude. Love it. <laughs> how did mule like how did you do the whole muley freak thing? Like, where did it come about? The name? How did all that get started? Dude, that that's a great question. So back in what should I say? 
2009. I was actually one of the few times I lived away from Utah. I was in uh, Waukegan, Wisconsin. I was slinging alarm systems door to door and doing the whole summer sales, alarm systems. Yeah, dude, it was brutal. Uh, pounding the streets of uh, uh, Wisconsin, downtown. It was a pretty wild experience. But I was I was looking at this Facebook thing. I was trying to figure out what the heck it was. I'm like, man, there's this giant networking platform. And I'm like, I feel like there's something to this. And, uh, you know, I kind of study it, kind of study it. And then I started seeing that Facebook did business pages. This is fast forward 2012, like all these companies are doing pages. And I saw these other companies doing like brands, like outdoor brands. And there was one up in Idaho somewhere. I'm like, man, I got to do something like that. So yeah. I'm like, oh, what could I call it? And so I was like, Mueller's my thing. We call the Muleys growing up, uh, just kind of a slang term. And I'm like, I'm going to call it Muley Freak. And so we did Muley Freak. And we didn't have a ton of content to share at the time, uh, just because, you know, back then you didn't take a ton of photos. There wasn't yeah. like Instagram and, you know, so I coughed up some of my digital photos uh, or actually took photos of photos to post them online. And uh, we didn't have a lot of mule deer content. Like we didn't even take photos of our deer back then. And so like I posted pictures as silly as it is, like raccoons, turkeys, foxes, like things that we trapped and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, man, this is muley freak. We got to post some mule deer. Yeah. So we started building this brand about mule deer because mule deer is our thing. And uh, we just kind of went from there. We did a we did a giveaway one time of all things. I went and bought a shotgun. Uh, I said, like and share if you want to win the shotgun. And the page blew up to 30,000 followers overnight. Wow. And yeah, so then we were like, well, what are we going to do now? So then it slowly transitioned. Let's let's do let's do merch. Then we started slinging merch, shirts, hats, t-shirts. We came up with a slogan, "Show off your rack," and the ladies went crazy for it. <laughs> the, the The dudes bought it for their ladies. Oh, geez. and then you know we're 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 pretty Christian, and you know I was showing up at church one day, and one of my young men, because I I taught you know like the twelve to fifteen year old boys, yeah. are like, "Hey, is that your thing?" And they're like, well, "So," and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta set a little, I got I gotta be careful here," <laughs> and. Uh, so it's like we started seeing like decals on freeways on the freeway that was show off your rack because we made these decals and then just slowly uh, transitioned into content. We're like, well, mm -hmm. we got we got to build an engine here. And so then it was like, uh, you know, we we did this YouTube channel and then we started feeding adventure hunting there and and kind of building the brand there. Like, man, we should get partners. And so we like reached out to someone say like Hornady and and these companies like Matthews were reaching out to me for help on like launches and social media marketing because i was like on the cutting edge of facebook yeah uh, brad christian who's no longer at matthews is now sitka like i used to consult with him uh like on the no cam launch for example and so then we just started building partners and creating this brand and it kind of slowly evolved from there so that's kind of that's kind of the quick and dirty dude i like it man i like it. yeah pretty cool story well yeah it's pretty awesome speaking of stories man i want to hear a hunt story about this giant freaking mule deer that you shot this past fall called Tron. Like, how do you get the name? Like, just give us the details, man. I want to hear it all. Yeah, it's quite an incredible story. So Aaron has been hunting an area for the last three, four years. I've been uh, sort of unfortunate. I couldn't draw it. And uh, I eventually drew it and um, kind of sad. It takes that long to draw an archery tag over here. But um, I eventually drew it. And then, you know, I, I kept, I'm, I'm big into the law of attraction, like what you, what, what, what sort of vibes and beliefs you put out there, um, in the world, you sort of get back and, um, like attracts like, right. That's a mm -hmm. law of attraction in a nutshell. So I was like, man, 
I, I definitely don't think that, you know, I'm going to deserve a buck unless I go out there and put in the work and yeah. getting into this area is, is it's gnarly. Um, it's 10,000 plus feet. Uh, there's no water up there. So you're filtering your food. Everything's really calculated. Your calories are dialed, your water's dialed. And during the summer, it's hundred degrees up there. Snakes, you know, no water. And it's just, it's just tough hunting, right? There's not a lot of people that are willing to do that, let alone with a bow. It's not like you're packing a rifle all the way up the mountain where you know where you're going to find something good you can kill him. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're up there spotting and stalking in, in gnarly stuff, 10,000 feet, super steep, 45 degree angles with a bow. So I'm just like, man, we got to get up there and scout. So um, that's where, you know, hunt stand was pretty pivotal for us. Uh, the, the aerial imagery is insane on hunt stand, especially yeah, it how it, it up it updates. Doesn't it update? How is how often does it update again? Uh, the monthly satellite imagery. Yeah, every thirty days, man. E yeah, every thirty days. Yeah. So you're seeing in real time what the train looks like. We're able to plan out some areas that we want to hunt, right? So we checked. You know, it was getting down close to season. And Aaron are like, "Well, let's get out. We don't we don't have any time." I'm like, "Well, we're just going to be pulling some all nighters. You know, hiking into some of these areas, trying to see what there is, because you know we were." You know, we had a busy year with trying to get it, you know, our game changers going and, and so on and so forth. So we went out, we we're sleeping out under stars and, um, just checking out spots and we're like, but the thing that was in my mind is like, you've got to earn it, which is, which is our mantra and our tagline, earn yeah. it. So we, if, if we want to kill something decent, we're going to have to go and suffer. So suffer we did. Mm -hmm. So we climbed in these big basins, these big burns, and we're just picking through animals. And in fact, one of our first scouting trips, we saw a big mountain lion with a stomach dragging across this burn just a giant mountain lion and uh you know we're like man is there gonna be deer here well fortunately there's deer there you know we we found some water marked those water spots on the maps of course and then you know didn't really see what we wanted to see you know here in the high country and especially like this back in, when you're in the back country too you can't assume to see everything right yeah like you go in a trip day day and a half you know depending on what, you know, is going on in these deer's mind and, you know, weather and whatnot, you might not see what's all there. So we like, you know, we chalked up like, okay, let's go try another spot. So we went into another spot and the other spot's a spot we've been before. And we, we went up there and looked around. I was like, okay, here's two basins here. You know, let's, let's keep this in the memory bank here and, and just keep going. So going into the season, the season came quick. We didn't have like a buck picked out. Like, it's not like we knew Tron existed. Yeah. Now, some other guys did, and we'll we'll tell you a little bit about that. Really, but we we didn't we didn't know he existed. Okay. okay, and and again this this is public land, so um we just we just decided hey we're not gonna we're not gonna go hunt that first spot we scouted, let's go check out that other stuff, and we made a plan to go in there and we we didn't even go out opening day, and the reason being is there was some weather moving in, mm -hmm. and um we just dude we don't like the crowds, yeah opening day. Uh, can be gnarly yeah, can. and people bump a deer and bump it in each other and we're like you know what we'll just we'll just let it cool off we'll go in there uh three four days later and we'll go hard and let's see what we can find so go hard we did dude talk about that storm was this the storm in the the video itself like i saw y'all were like bunkered up in a tent and like you're like shoveling yeah. water out of there with like ziploc bags yeah. Dude. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so we get up there. So it's four thousand feet vertical to get up, right? 
and and how and, uh, how how close or you know like what was the distance that that went up like how quickly did that go up oh man i it was like one two three miles i couldn't have been more than 1.2 miles sheesh yeah dude it goes quick like super quick dang and so you know you're packing your water in and water is 2.2 pounds or something a liter yeah and i had third i had 13 liters going up the mountain so i had a all my hunting stuff, which was 50, 60 pounds. And then I had an additional 20, uh, 26 pounds of water Jeez. going in, in the middle of the summer. But so it was, it was pretty crazy, but we want to time it at, in the evening so that we'd have, uh, we'd, we'd sweat less essentially going in. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, you're going to sweat, man. Yeah. Like regardless, you, you can't, you, yeah, regardless, you can't get around that, but we want to go slow. So we didn't like drink through our, all our water. Like, for example, Bonsai Bears 3.0. It's one of our popular spring bear films. Um, I, I sucked on three liters of water going up that. And because we went up fast. Yeah. And so I just like, I wanted to go. We still got up there. It took almost four hours to get in there. So imagine going 1.2 miles and it takes four hours. Yeah. It, it's, it's rough. So you get up there, you know, you're, your sugar levels are low, so you just like don't have any energy once you get up there. Your legs are shaky, your lungs are hammered. You know, we set up camp, and so we went out that first day and saw some decent bucks. Uh, you know, a one sixty buck might be a really good meal there for a lot of people, but it's like mm. nothing you want to kill up there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, especially for this and tag. So, yeah, ex exactly. So we uh, we're glass and glassing, and we look at the the doppler i'm not sure what you call it. is it the doppler hunt stand just radar yeah weather radar. radar yeah yeah the weather radar and dude that's cool i've never had that on a on a hunting app and we saw just this gnarly storm coming in Oof. we're like oh shoot and then we kind of felt some raindrops and we're like oh, okay and then it just came hard <laughs> we were we were like little schoolgirls running to the school bus man we were trying to get to that tent as fast as we could boom 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 flash 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 i mean you felt like you were being chased by lightning and thunder Dude. Right, Phew. so there, there's not a lot of places up there to pitch a tent. So mm -hmm. we pitched a tent, the only place we could pitch a tent, especially to fit four people, right? And it was kind of in this little dugout. Well, of course, the dugout's going to attract the water. So we're in there, hovered over this thing, and and it's just taking in water. I took, I was selfish, and I took the king spot, so I took the big side. Yeah, and dude, the water just came right to me. I was like holding up the liner of the tent, trying to keep it off our bags, and. You know, you can't get your bag wet or you're screwed. No, you're, no. you're down sleeping bags. You know, so I'm just I, like I don't I don't know if you could tell how nervous I was in the tent, but that was me concerned. You could tell, like, dude. I think it was an Aaron or somebody asked you, like, uh, how are you feeling right now? And you're like, dude, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. <laughs> I was you, you, stressed you could just dude. see you like huddled over there, like trying to keep water off of stuff, and then like afterwards yeah. you're like holding up Ziploc bags full of water. Yeah. And so they didn't have to sit and look at the water for an hour. No. I I had to sit and like look at it and just watch it fill up. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, what I want to know is who carried that shovel, like that full size Dude, shovel up the mountain. Literally found that in the bushes. No kidding. Yeah, that thing had to been up there for ten years, fifteen years. So so no no I <laughs> when no I saw idea you, when I saw that. you like shoveling water out with that, I was like, who the hell takes a shovel like that up that mountain? Yeah. I mean, probably brought it in on horses and mules or probably. something is what I can guess, right? Yeah. yeah. But, like, I was like, thank goodness someone left the shovel up there because that was nice. Yeah. I was like, that's a good So we just, we just sat there and watched that radar, dude. That mm -hmm. radar's spot on. I don't know where you pull that data from. 
but it was amazing because we literally knew when that storm was going to lift and it gives you hope, dude. Think about, you know, 20 years ago, you're sitting in the middle of the high country or some backcountry hunt and you're like, just like scared that your tent's going to fly away. Yeah. Like that tent, we didn't re have this recorded, but that tent was beating me in the side of the face. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's when most guys bail, right? They give up. They quit. Done. Yeah, done. But with having the radar, it's like, okay, guys, another 15 minutes will be good. Yeah, for sure. That's a big, that's Those a big kind of thing. Nice. So fast forward the next day, we wake up, and I was just like, we scouted those bucks before. We saw the same bucks that we'd scouted. I'm like, dude, I'm going somewhere else. I'm bored. You know, I, I just want to go see some new stuff. So Aaron and I split up. And, you know, I pulled out the 15s. I'm glass and glass, and I find a nice buck that I've never seen down there before. I'm like, okay, all right, I like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, let's see what we got. I'm obviously grabbing the spotter, get a better look at him. I passed the 15s over to my cameraman, Peyton. I said, hey, keep an eye on this and see what you can see. I'm going to grab this. You know, because you got to get in your bag, and you got to take your eyes off them for a second. Yeah. They're a long ways away. They could go on a fold or a drawer, and, and you could take your eyes off them. And, you know, so it's nice kind of having a cameraman. Be like, hey, watch these. I'm grabbing my spotter. So... As he's like looking around, he's like, dude, there's another big one right in the triangle of Quakey's laying down there in that burn. I'm like, really? I'm like, let me see. And it was literally just to the right of the buck I'd found. And I'm like, holy smokes, dude. And he's like, it's big, huh? It's like, hey, dude, he's freaking giant. And uh, I could just see his frame and I could see that giant hook. And I'm just like, dude, that's like a 210 buck. I'm like, that thing's huge. Jeez. And you know, we'd seen some guys coming in, and was, I've really gotten goodwill at reading people. Mm -hmm. And these guys were coming in. We passed them, not on the trail, but like back down on the road. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't pass them on the trail. No idea how those guys get in there. We get in obviously different. Their eyes went like this. I'm like, that's a weird look. I'm like, I think there's something up there. Oh yeah. Like they like excuse my French, but they gave me like oh shit, <laughs> like. Eric's Eric's coming in here. Damn. You, you know, I, I don't know them, but I'm I'm sure they've probably seen me around or heard of me or seen me in videos or whatnot. But um and I'm just like they're just like I'm like, dude, I told Aaron, I'm like, you see the way they looked at this? I'm like, something's in there, man. Something's in there big. Something like, big. They gave it away on their faces. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, like when you run into people on trails like that, uh when you pull up on them, you start talking to them. You can tell sometimes. Yeah. You you can tell, what, oh. especially when they try the, to the, lie. Yeah, yeah. And I, we didn't talk to them just high, mm -hmm. but the worry on their faces, they they couldn't hide it. Damn. So anyway, we see this buck, and then I immediately think, aha, uh -huh, this is what those guys were. Uh, this is mm -hmm. what those guys were camping on here. And I, I don't know if they had to come back down for supplies. No idea. We didn't really talk to them. You know, we 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 try to stay pretty private. Where we're at friendly, but private. Um, yeah. So anyway, excuse me. Um, we uh, we Peyton and I look at each other. I call Aaron on the phone. I'm like, dude, get over here. And he's so annoyed. You know, he's on his perch over on the other side. I'm like, dude, you got to get down. And he's like, why? Okay. Should I just stay here? I'm like, no. <laughs> get get over, over here. here. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like giant. He's like, okay. You know, he reluctantly comes over. He looks at him. He's like, oh, that's a nice buck. I'm like, dude, nice buck. That's freaking giant. <laughs> and, he's trying to uh, downplay it because y'all found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the rule we operate on. It's like you find it. you It's your call to stock it if you want to stock it. 
regardless of whose hunt or area it is. And yeah. you know, if someone doesn't like it, we're all pretty good, man. We we, we all root each other on. We don't get selfish or anything For like sure. that. So we we all understand how it works. But you know, Aaron, that's kind of his little little spot. So I mean, I think he's like secretly like, oh man, dang it, you know. <laughs> but you know, fast forward, he killed a freaking just mega giant uh, later in the year. So yeah. he's he's doing just fine. But uh, so anyway. Peyton and I look at each other and we're like, this thing's in a burn we've never seen before. Like, we don't know how the country lays down there. All as I know is it's like 3,000 feet in vertical off the other side. So we go up 4,000 feet. We hunt around the top, and this sucker's down another 3,000 feet the other side. So I'm like thinking, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. You know? And I, I don't, dude, it's so steep and so gnarly. You, you don't know how to get over there. Yeah. You don't know how to navigate your way to the buck, right? Um, so you're just like landmarking things and trying to look at the maps, but in the aerial imagery, but you're like literally just eyeballing stuff. Oh yeah. You don't know if you're going to, you don't know if you can get over there quiet. You don't even know if you're going to get within 200 yards of him. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if he's going to still be over there when you get over there, because once you drop off the top, you're not going to have any cell phone yeah. communication at all. So I'm just thinking the whole time, like, I know this is crazy to go stalk this deer. I know it's crazy and it's probably like. 0.02% chance this is going to work out. But I'm like, you can't kill him if you don't try. And the whole time I was like, again, the law of attraction, I'm like, I'm going to kill this deer. I'm going to kill him. And I just repeated it over and over and over in my head. Yeah. I'm going to kill this deer. I looked at Peyton because I know he didn't want to go down either. He's looking at me like, this is so annoying. Because <laughs> he's got to follow me down there, right? Yeah. Film the whole thing. I, I looked at him. I said, hey. I said, you know, we're going to kill this deer because I'm not going down here not to kill this deer. And he looked at me and says, I'm not going down here not to kill this deer either. <laughs> and so, like, dude, you could tell, you know, the reluctancy, but he's like, we're going to go kill this deer. So he's on the same vibe as me. And so, anyway, we take off. It took four hours to get to this deer. Jeez. Yeah. And, you know, hour three, we had to cross this dry waterfall. Like, almost didn't even think we we're going to come off this waterfall. There, there was a way down. We found a way across this waterfall. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a little blessing because everything worked out. It just rained in this burn, which was good and bad. Good in the sense that, you know, it was quiet, right? But bad in the sense it was so steep, it was hard to stay quiet because you're just slipping, mm-hmm. you know, in this burn. And I just picked the line, man. Uh, the wind stayed in my face. I picked the line and went right for where I thought he was. And it was kind of symbolic as we we're coming in this line towards this deer. I looked off to my right. I'm like, Peyton, check that out. And he, uh, he, there was this orange spider that a moth had just hit this web. I don't know if you remember that in the film. And this spider just like grabs this moth. And it was sort of symbolic as I step over that spider and the moth, it was me on my way to Tron. It was pretty cool. What, where did the name Tron come from? So, yeah, that's a good question. I, on the way up, I looked at Peyton and Aaron, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to find a giant here. I'm going to name him Tron. Okay. Just like, you know, like Megatron, dude, like from uh, Transformers. Whatever, Transformers. Yeah, dude, he's just a big, big, big robot, right? And this deer was just like big. Just a man. He was like kind of weird, but framey and just big. Like you could look at his body and know which deer he was. Oh, yeah. Just, just big, and it's like, man, Tron. And this sounded cool too. Like, I'm just, I'm gonna, and this was before we'd even seen him. I'm like, I'm just gonna name this buck Tron, right? Oh yeah. So anyway, we're headed over there. We step over that spider, and we we start going over there. And it was perfect how it laid because it was like little dips, 
on on how it laid so it was perfect it could conceal me coming in on the stock of the deer and eventually i got close i'm like dude he's got to be right here and again i don't have any communication with aaron but aaron's doing the play-by-play on the other end on the camera yeah and i'm just i just learned bow hunting especially uh spot and stock mule there don't assume they're not there like always assume they're there even though you can't see them you lost sight of them uh, there's potentially they potentially rebedded unless you physically see them blow out. Yeah, assume they're there. And I learned that a lot of times the hard way where I got impatient. I'd just be like, "Oh, they must be gone," and I got lazy, and all of a sudden the deer jump up because I didn't see him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I kept glassing up to my left, up to my left. And he wasn't there. And I'm just doing like slow movements, yard at a time, glassing up to my left. Well, Aaron back up on top of the mountain, he's like, dude, look to your right, look to your right, look to your right. And, you know, and finally I look over to my right, dude, and he's right there, like right there, like 30 yards. I should have never snuck that close, but it goes to show you how quiet the ground was and oh, how, yeah. how slow I went to be able to get within 30 yards. And dude, he's bedded straight downhill from me looking right at me. Oh, geez. But, but it turns out there was a big, uh, giant dead tree in in front of him with a green big manzanita type bush mm-hmm. in front of his face so like all his vision was completely swallowed up in this tree and, and bush i'm like what are the chances what are the chances i stalk right into him along on this dude it was a hell mary stock it oh, was yeah. like the doug flutie the doug <laughs> flutie stock and you know and aaron then aaron started having a lot of belief like oh man he's in the kitchen he's dude he's gonna kill him like and all of I think all of our jaws at that point just dropped, right? Well, Jeez. meanwhile, like once I got within like 200 yards, I look across the adjacent canyon, and there's those guys. No. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like looking up, like, I'm like, but why aren't they? Why aren't they stalking him? And I actually saw him a little bit sooner where they were mm-hmm. kind of screwing around by their tent. Uh, I'm like, why? Aren't, I'm like, I kind of almost waited for them, like, you know, are they going to go stalk? They could have got there way quicker than me. Like way quicker. Yeah. But I think they assume that he wasn't in a good position. But when is when is one ever in a good good position? That's true. Especially on public land. Yeah. Especially high, you know, high traffic, public land, big deer. Obviously they knew about him. And I and I was like, Well, I'm sending it. So I sent it. And, you know, I went down there, I look up and they're like watching. But I was just like trying to stay focused on the deer. Yeah. But I'm like, I, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude. They've got to be like tripping right now, like freaking out. But they probably saw me take off and they probably also were probably giggling a little bit too. Like, whoa, he's coming from all the way down there to try to get this deer. Like, he's nuts. Like, let's watch him blow this like, deer out. Yeah, okay. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I'd have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'd have done the exact same thing. But, but it was the belief I had, right? Yeah. It was, it, it was the belief I had. And so, you know, he gets there and he's kind of, I'm I'm on him right there. Remember he swallowed up in that in that brush and that tree. And I'm like, he's like looking right at me. And I could like see him breathing. I'm like, the sun, the sun's starting to hit him, right? So he's overheating. Yeah. So I'm like, huh. I'm like, and then you start to panic, right? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta hurry and kill him. Or I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna shoot right through his chest and and try to quarter it down through his body through this brush. And I had to sever which is an expandable broadhead. Yep. I'm like, I don't want this thing deploying before it hits him. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yep. dude, be patient, be patient. So I was like, no, just be patient. So, you know, obviously had an arrow knocked, you know, I'm telling Peyton, I'm looking back at telling Peyton, I'm like, he's 30 yards. 
I saw you. Yeah, you're like, yeah. And he couldn't see because of the way it rolled too. And we went, he actually was on my hip until the very end because he didn't think with the two, cam, two heavy cameras that he could cross this one log. He thought he would have fell and made too much noise, you know, cause you're unbalanced walking oh, on yeah. the side hill with those two cameras. And so he, he made the decision to go a little bit higher cause it seemed like a little quieter pass. So he wasn't quite on my hip anymore. And he just barely couldn't see him, barely couldn't see him, but, but so I'm like, I'm thinking I'm like trying to be disciplined at this point because I can't tell you how many stocks early on bow hunting that like I, I thought it was a slam dunk and it wasn't. And it's cause I lost my focus. Like I was going to pull out my phone and like film him like bedded behind this green brush and tree. And like, cause it was so cool. I'm like, dude, don't you dare pull out your phone. Yeah. Like just you be focused and you be ready. Yeah. And then my legs started to quiver. <laughs> like I was kind of on a side hill and I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm never going to last here. This has got to get up right now, or I'm, I'm gonna miss him. You know, you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Like I'm not gonna be, able, I'm not gonna be able to hold steady. I'm like, no, dude, chill out. Just freaking chill out. And I told myself that, and I just chilled right out. My legs stopped quivering, and I'm like, okay. And I, I was like, already putting tension on the string because I'm like a buck this big, like, is a once in a lifetime bow hunting type of buck on public land in that kind of country, oh, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm just like putting tension on the string. Well, Peyton's like, I gotta get this. I got to capture this kill shot, right? So he's like, he's trying to inch closer to me, and he put down the camera leg. Tink. The buck stood perfect broadside, just like raised up. And I just, he was actually 28. I put my 30 pin on him. Just smoked him. Heck just, yeah. and, it, and he was kind of downhill, so I thought maybe it was initially a little bit high. I'm like, oh, shoot, was that a little bit high? And he's kind of running off, goes down, across the ravine, up the other side. I'm like, he should start getting wobbly right now. And as soon as I thought he should start getting wobbly, he started to get wobbly. Getting that head and sway. Just, yeah, just boom. And and Aaron and, and Peyton and I, as he ran out from uh, the log where he was bedded, Peyton's like, he's huge. He's huge. And you just saw, we're, we laugh and make fun of him now because he was huge. But you could just see the frame going away. And honestly, at that point, Will, I was like, man, my hunting career is complete. Like that, that to kill a buck like that in a situation like that on the tag I had, I'm just like, that's, this is like, this is like the pinnacle of my bow hunting career. With an audience watching too. Yeah, that, I know. And I was like, it was so exciting. We had Aaron over there through the phone scope filming. We had those uh, dudes over on the other side hill and, and the disappointment that they must've had. I, I can <sighs> only imagine. Cause we've all been disappointed before. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just, but, but I, I had the sheer elation of like, dude, I did it. I pulled off like the impossible. Like it was there, it was one of my top career moments in terms of like bow hunting, if you, if you can say that, you know, no, it's definitely incredible. That's definitely a a freaking feat, man. I mean, especially just like watching y'all at the beginning of it, just go through what you did to get to where these mule deer were. I was like, yeah, I know that pain. I've, I've seen that. I, I know what that feels like. That looks like that really hurts, man. Oh man. Tell you what, you you, and then that's not something you can just go do. You got to prepare for months and months and months oh, to dude. be able to do that. And you know, all all summer long, I'm like, I got to shoot my bow every day. Yeah. If I don't shoot my bow every day, listen, man, I I got a lot of kids, a lot of young kids running a business. I'm like, sometimes I don't have time to shoot my bow every day. But I'm like, hey, man, if you don't shoot your bow every day, you don't deserve it, Eric. You don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I want to deserve it. And I think that buck was a, ro- a result of hard work. Uh, 
dedication and consistency and me deserving it. Dude, that's a big thing. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel the same, you know, with the, the fall I had with the whitetail I got and then the elk that I got, like I saw, I kept it with you on socials, just like seeing all the stuff you're doing in the gym. It was like a goal of mine to be in the gym five days a week, shooting the bow every day. My elk was obviously rifle, so trying to shoot that as much as I can because yep. obviously I don't live on a pro- piece of property where I could shoot it every day. So, right, yeah, I, I think consistency, consistency, and having discipline is big in what we do. Yeah, hundred percent consistency and discipline. And man, if more people had discipline, it'd be amazing how this world would be and and what people could accomplish. You know, dude, and that and that's insane. what hunting's been for me. That's what hunting's taught me, man. Yeah, it's ta- it's taught me that discipline. Yeah. Well, we were both sports guys. So, I mean, we kind of got a taste of that, like growing up doing it with the sports that we did. So it just right. kind of translates into what we do now. So, yeah. You remember those practices where you just want to quit or like, dude, this is horrible or throw up yeah. or so sore you couldn't walk for three days. Yes. I mean, but those, those are the most memorable, right? Oh yeah. Dude, that elk pack out that I had. Yeah. It was. That looked, dude, that looked cold. Dude, the morning we killed him, it was negative 10. When we got in the wow. truck and me being from Texas, I had never experienced a that much snow on the ground or and B ever dealing with that cold a temperature before. And so like you uh, yeah. the films I thought of you a lot. I'm like, I wonder how Will liked that. <laughs> Dude, I look like knowing when it was coming, knew like I knew we were gonna have Jermaine kept phrasing to it as a dusting of snow. And oh yeah. <laughs> it turned in from a dusting to literally the hour before we're about to leave his house to go set up camp up in the mountain, we had like a three-hour drive to go up there. It's like winter weather advisory. I'm like, I'm in Colorado. Winter weather advisory here is like signif- significantly different than what it is back in Texas. Oh, yeah. And so it wasn't bad. I mean, waking up to it and kind of dealing with it, I'm like, what in the world? But then once you just get into it and go. Dude, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just a matter of doing it, right? And yeah. once you get in there and do it, you get your heartbeat, sweat going. You're like, dude, that ain't that bad. But getting out, getting out of the tent, that's the hardest part. Dude, I know. Well, in that night, the fire went out. Like, we had all passed out and nobody had stoked it. So we woke up. You just woke up oh, and it was man. just ice crystals all over the inside of the wall. That's um, funny. Like, dude, that's the whole point, you know, of having a wall tent. You know that, right? Yeah. Water <laughs> water was frozen. and we. That's funny. I mean, I'd gotten up to stoke it once, but... Uh, it had just barely died right before we got up. But luckily, we had some propane heaters and stuff to to get everything warm that morning. So yeah, it was but, awesome. dude. That's what's nice about those wall tents is you can wake up warm, dude. I know. You know, negative twenty five degree bag, golden. Oh yeah, golden. Caught. Yes. Sleeping on sleeping off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a dream right there. It was until you got out in it. But, but dude, that was an awesome story on Tron. Heck of a deer. Um, and for all the listeners out there, if y'all haven't watched it yet, you need to. Um, I actually watched it, what was it, I think a week or two when you came out with it, a week or two ago. Uh-huh. I watched it that morning with my daughter, so it was nice. pretty cool. We wa- we awesome. get up and watch some kind of hunting every morning. She doesn't like watching Disney or anything like that. It's Good, good she, for her, man. You're she wakes right. up and she wants to watch deer hunting. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. If we're going to watch TV, you're, I'm okay with that. You're, you're like, perfect. Yes, and she wanted a pink 22 for Christmas, and she's three years old, so. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's daddy's dream right there. I'm probably going to be in trouble in a few years. <laughs> so, well, man, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast to talk about Tron. Heck of a deer, and congrats on getting that giant. Thanks, brother. Man.
Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Tell everybody real quick, socials, where they can find you again, and if they want to see it on YouTube. Yeah, so youtube.com forward slash Mealy Freak. The name of the hunt is Tron. Um, uh, Instagram, Mealy Freak, or Mealy underscore Freak, and then me personally, Mealy Freak underscore Eric. Yeah, we're we're there. We're pretty active, uh, doing stuff every day on stories, so on and so forth, and then our URL, mealyfreak.com. So find us there. Check us out. Sweet, dude. Awesome hunting story. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, y'all, there you go. Hopefully, after listening to this mule deer hunting story from Mealy Freak himself, you're inspired to go get up above the tree line and chase after some of these velvet giants with a bow. I know I am, and that's probably all I'm going to be thinking about now for probably the next eight to nine months. Aside from turkey, that's coming up. That's my second favorite time of the year. So, again, y'all, we just want to thank y'all for tuning in this week's episode. If you want to check out Muley Freaks episode of Tron, head on over to their YouTube channel. It's a really cool episode, and you'll get to see how the story went down. Rather than hearing about it, you can see it. So, again, y'all, thanks again for tuning in this week's episode of the Stand Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.